Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Seek, Go, Create podcast. This is your host, Tim Winders. I want to welcome you to the podcast today. We have some guests that are fresh in from, I'll just go and say it, Antarctica, and they're about to be heading out to Fiji. I'll get to them in just a moment, but we're going to have fun today. And I'm also excited because today is one of the rare episodes where I'm not in our RV Theo. We are actually at a coffee shop, and I want to I want to say that because we're in a conference room at Wesley Owens Coffee in Monument, Colorado. So you may actually hear some coffee house noises in the background. Just step right in and join us for coffee. And if you're ever in the area, pop in. They've got great coffee. Just had a great panini. It's a great spot to go. So I just want to preface that, let people know there may be some noises in the background. We're in a conference room that's a little hollow sounding, but we're going to have so much fun with this episode. Before we get started with our guest, I also want to just continue thank all of, thanking all of you for listening, downloading, sharing. I especially appreciate those of you that rate us and just let other people know about us. That is such a big help. And I enjoy that so much. So continue doing that. We really, really appreciate it. So our guests today, they're sitting right here in front of me. We're excited to be together. I want to welcome Sean and Kristen to the Seat Go Create podcast. We have a wide range of topics that we enjoy on this podcast. Business, ministry, leadership, travel, education. And I just want to say that Sean and Kristen... They almost embody all of those. We, we can go in so many directions on this, this episode, and I think we may. The reason that I wanted them on the show is because currently, right now, as we speak, as we're recording this, they are in the middle of a round-the-world travel year. And there's a lot of other things that we can talk about to introduce them, but Sean and Kristen, welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you having us. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's an honor to share some of our journey with you, your listeners, and uh, you know, just to move forward and uh, to continue connecting as we've had in the past. So, yeah. absolutely, thank you. Yes, yeah, great, great to have you guys here. So, before we really go into much, Antarctica. Kristen, tell us about Antarctica. <laughs> it is the most magical place in the whole entire world. So Antarctica is actually what spurred us to take these 11 months and travel um, because I had this dream of being a penguin with the penguins in Antarctica. And I am a kindergarten teacher, so I love to dress up and I love to bring the world to my classroom. And it just seemed like something that I needed to do. So from that grew this around the world adventure. And we have made it to Antarctica. You get on a ship and you go through the Drake Passage, which is some of the most treacherous water in the world, and it is tough, and you arrive in the most magical, beautiful, pristine place there ever was. Animals, whales are hopping, and ice is flowing, and penguins are waddling, and it is awesome. That is cool. I can really see the kindergarten teacher in you. <laughs> that's gonna be, Thank you. <laughs> that's going to be fun here. So, uh, and I want to talk more about that in the travels. But I want to frame kind of what you guys are doing for our listeners first. And I'm intrigued because we're connected on Facebook. Right. And I started seeing and I go, wow, I'd love to interview them. So, uh, Sean, give us, first of all, some of your background and kind of how you've come to where you are. And then, uh, 
And then I'm going to ask some more questions later about how you guys are able to do what you're doing. But first of all, just give us some background. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, speaking how far back ago, you know, well, I'm five foot ten, you know, <laughs> no, strappingly handsome guy, you know. Um, but no, grew up in a military family, so travel was always part of my roots. Uh, my dad's in the armed forces. Um, his dad was as well. So we moved right every three to four years, born in the States, lived overseas for a bit. I call Louisiana my home, even though I've been in Colorado for 16 years. Um, and then, but so travel's always been part of my world. And um, just, just that um, the mindset of there's always more out there to see. There's people out there doing what I'm doing here in different cultures, which is always just the variety of travel is very inspiring to me. And so, um, you know, that's always been ingrained in me. So having the opportunity to do our second trip around the world, which is now, uh, was just stemmed from, I think, just that upbringing and having that variety, but yet this connectivity to people and to wanting to learn more about people, to share these experiences with people and to see what the world has to offer in a way um, that enhances not only, of course, my life personally, but also giving me the experience to share with others and to inspire others in ways that they may not think, think that is, you know, is, is possible. And I could even imagine doing something like this and being able to share with your listeners and, and um, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a special, a special opportunity. And in order to, you know, give us that opportunity, I've been um, professionally, I've been in the automotive industry for about 15 years, I'm a leader in sales and management. And also for the last five years or so before donating my job back to the company that I separated from um, uh, as a, really a, a performance manager for a number of dealerships around the country in the, in the United States and then also up into Canada doing professional development at the executive, the executive level for leadership, sales training, and really personal development for a company. And that I've really enjoyed um, doing that. And that's just helped me to grow to where I am now. So do you do that while you travel? You know, as far as I do, it just kind of comes natural, just connecting with people and then seeing what drives people and what, you know, inspires people or what's holding them back from moving forward. Um, I just think over, you know, my professional career of doing that naturally in a sales environment or a leadership environment is just more conducive to me wanting to get out there and explore to connect with more people. Because my underlying belief, you know, as far as with my travels is to really create more than I consume. And, you know, I think that with Kristen as well as creating the content we're creating on the road to inspire travel and, and educate kids and to show them the possibilities. My aspect is, is still creating more than I'm consuming in the, in the aspect of creating more vision in people and inspiring people. And so having that opportunity to connect with people of different cultures and different languages in the most unexpected ways and having profound impact in their lives by just being authentic and um, having integrity in what we're doing and having a fundamental foundation of adding value to people's lives is really what's spurring, you know, as far as my adventurous spirits, along with Kristen as well, for, you know, capturing, you know, content and educating, you know, sure. on her level. But that's, you know, some of the background for me of not only where I've come from, but where we are and, you know, kind of what's ahead. Yeah. So I guess the question I had was, do you work while you travel or are you taking time off while you travel? And I'm going to ask Christian no, the same question in a bit. But do you very do good, as far as right now, I am not actively working as for compensation specifically. Right, so yeah, I'm not I'm not being compensated right now to travel. I've okay. we've created this space to actually um, to be able to expand ourselves and to be able to create platforms to continue moving forward in more of a, a professional, you know, monetary okay. productive way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because uh, I'm going to ask yeah. more about that because I am pretty confident 
that people are sitting here going, how does someone, I'm not going to ask Kristen, but how old are you? 39. 39. How does someone in their, we'll call it 30s. Still there. <laughs> take, take time off, barely, but sure. yeah. <laughs> how does someone take time off to travel? But I, we'll get to that in just okay. a second yeah. and all. But so you are somewhat taking time off right. as you do this journey. And in a minute, I'm going to circle back because I want to hear about the first round the world trip because this obviously... See, and I noticed on your website, which we'll put in the show notes for everyone, that you guys are planning a RW Round the World Trip 3 with some bucket lists. Okay, so now, Kristen, let's go to the kindergarten teacher. Background, where you're from. You're wearing a shirt that's got Louisiana on it. Correct. I am born and raised in Louisiana. Um, My parents love to travel. My whole life, we always traveled and it was interesting because when I was younger our friends were going to Gulf Shores Alabama or Galveston Texas and that that was the big trip that they were doing and I was so jealous that we were also not going to Galveston Texas or Gulf Shores Alabama because we were going to places like South Africa and Europe and Costa Rica and then my little kid brain I'm like but I'm not I want to be like everyone else like they're not doing these things and now that I'm an adult I look back and I'm so thankful for the platform that it gave me to love adventure and to love to travel and to love to be different and think outside of the box. It definitely set me up for the lifestyle that we have right now. So that's my parents and I'm super thankful to them for that. Um, I'm a kindergarten teacher. I love what I do. And so sometimes when people see that you're taking a year away from a job, they think you're running away from something or that you aren't happy or that you want a big change in your life. And that is not me at all. I love what I do. But I also think in most other countries, they have something called a sabbatical. And people take time off and they learn and they grow and they better themselves so when that they go back to their job or whatever they had going on in their lives, they're, they're better at it than they were before. And so I approached my principal with this idea that this is what I wanted to do, and they said yes. So I'm taking a year off. They hired another teacher who is in the classroom doing an awesome job, and next school year I'll be back in my same classroom with the next round of students. Oh, cool. So you... You're still under agreement or contract with your current school. Correct. They're okay with you leaving, and you know where you're going to be going back to. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So I am not also not getting paid as we're traveling. I know that we're going to talk about kind of how we worked our finances on that later. Um, but I do know that I have a job to go back to. It's at a school that I love, with families that I love. So, And while we're traveling, I'm creating educational videos to teach kids about the world, which for me is awesome because I can't wait to use those in my own classroom next year. And it's also neat because other schools and teachers around the country and other countries are using them as well. Oh, really? That's yeah, interesting. So and we'll, we'll put a link to that down in the show notes because I have so. gone and followed some of the things y'all are doing and oh, obviously you're documenting this. So, so, so to clarify, you two are in the midst of, and at the time of recording this, you're between Antarctica and Fiji, and we'll go over some of your itinerary shortly. And you guys are not having, you're not probably independent wealth, independently wealthy, okay? <laughs> I mean, not. if you are, shell, t- talk to us, okay? And you don't have multiple revenue streams that are coming in as you're traveling. Is that correct? That is exactly correct, yes. Okay. It's kind uh, of funny. I... <laughs> We have been gone for four months and we're back for a week to kind of unpack and repack and we went to Target and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, 
I am an unemployed full-time traveler about to walk into Target for the first time in four months. This could be dangerous. <laughs> so it ended up going well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just want to say, I remember when Glory and I, when we met you guys, we were in the midst of doing traveling ourselves. We were we were house-sitting. We had done that in Australia, New Zealand, and and then we bumped into you guys. It was Breckenridge, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The yeah, Ice Castles. The Ice Castles, yeah. So it was yeah. middle of winter. We were there for six weeks, and you guys came out, and we had a dinner and had such a great time. And the cool thing about social media, there's a lot of negative about social media. The cool thing is, is I've sort of been able to keep in touch, even though we haven't talked in a few years. Yeah, it keeps people connected. I love that about it, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I'm so excited. And, I've, and I watch you with some of the teacher things. Both my parents were educators. Oh, that's right. And teaching is kind of in our genes. And so I love seeing people that are passionate about teaching and I can tell that you are. So that's cool. So, all right. One thing I want to get into before we go too much farther, I wrote down some notes here, but round the world trip one, I don't think I knew about that. Y'all just mentioned it. So who who wants to tell the audience about what you guys did Round one. Well, part one was um, about five months. It was originally a year. It was inspired by some guys I had met who were traveling around the world. I was working at a kids' camp. You know, they were doing it, planted the seed. That seed grew over years. Uh, we got married. Said, "Hey, well, let's do that one day, right?" And so, as our honeymoon, which we took a few years after getting married, right? Three years after we got married, we did this around the world, which is RT Dub, you know, part one. It was essentially 18 countries over five, five and a half months or so. And our goal was to leave after, you know, you know the, the new year got kicked off essentially here in Colorado, follow summer, right? So we essentially left to go to Fiji and then we went south and down, up, you know, around the world. So we went south, southwest. And then uh, we made it back here five months later, and it was just an amazing experience that brought us together, you know. And we learned so much about each other through those trips, you know, because we're full, living together full time, right? Even though we've been married and together for, you know, over 12 years at that point, 10 years at that point. But yet, yeah, spending that much time together really brought us together. And at the end of it, people would say, oh man, well, enjoy this. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> You tell me that, and then I'm like, watch me do it again. That's a little bit depressing, isn't it? It is. You better travel now, or you'll never never be able to do it. And so with that, that's also like a challenge to us, because it's it's a very strong limiting belief. But that shows us about the belief systems of... You know, people in general, which a lot of people are so unaware of, right? So it gave us the opportunity to examine that go, is that a belief something we really believe in? Yes, we believe it's a phenomenal experience. Most people don't have the opportunity to do this. But yet it doesn't have to be once in a lifetime. And we had lifetime experiences, absolutely, but not necessarily once in a lifetime. So that was... You know, you know, Christian's like, well, we're going to be doing this again. I'm like, well, like, when? Because I'm the planner. I, like, put it on the plate. I say planner, I, like, the detailed person, right? And I'm like, well, when? It's like, we're not doing this, like, next year, are we? Because we're just not getting back grand. Well, no, 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 in the future. So giving us some time, and it's 10 years later, we're doing part two. Awesome. All right, Kristen, what's, what was the best location from around the world trip one? I would say, well, first of all, I have to say that when people ask me what my favorite place is, I always say it's wherever I am right now. So really try to be in the moment and be present because our world is remarkable and amazing and we live in a remarkable, amazing spot. And so I just want to honor and value that. 
However, people also want to know where's my favorite place. And from part one, it's Iceland. And the reason is because it was so unlike anywhere I'd ever been before. We rented a car and we circumnavigated and it was before tourism in Iceland was a thing. So we would be driving in the, it would seem like the middle of nowhere and it would be the middle of the night because it was light 24 seven. And finally we'd be like, we should probably find a place to sleep. So you go and like knock on people's doors. Do you have a room we can rent for the night? And it was just so unique. The landscape is stunning. On one side of the road, it looks like the moon because of the volcanic ash. And on the other side, it looks like something from the Shire, from Lord of the Rings. It's just lush and green and waterfalls. So we loved it. So Iceland, for you Iceland. also? Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a huge surprise. And people will say, not reframe that question as well because it wouldn't be so pigeonholed. It's like, well, if we had to move anywhere, I'd move to Australia. If I said, I'm leaving the United States, where would I move this from the part one? But yet Iceland still holds to be a special, very special place. And it was not an original radar. It wasn't really this, this destination place, but we were leaving Scotland. We're like going back to the States. And we're like, well, we're in between Scotland and the United States because at that point in time, it was like, we're not ready to go home yet. We won't be ready to go home. So... Well, Iceland's along the way, so let's carve out some time, eight days, and see what it has to offer. And we've been back since, and we're going back again, and it's still just a magical place. So Yeah, that's exciting. We, we kind of had that in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. It, it felt otherworldly. We felt as if we had gone somewhere that was out of the world, and it, it is so cool how many awesome places there are. Right. And people. And people and experiences. And what I also think is cool is you don't have to leave your area to experience them if you're just open to something new. And when you're open to that, you're gonna experience awesome things where you are. And then that might then inspire you to try to experience awesome things somewhere else as well. Yeah, it just expands. What, um, got so many questions here. There's a word that y'all mentioned earlier called sabbatical that I love that word. I, I, I love the word Sabbath. I love the word sabbatical, which is the root, and it basically means rest, rest. or to take time or to be at peace. There's so many spiritual connotations. I mean, so many things there. Absolutely. But um, it is something in our Americanized culture that we really do not do very well. It's not ingrained in our culture. So it's not encouraged. It's corporately not encouraged. <laughs> correct. You know, we we sometimes take off a Friday and think we're living living large <laughs> and all that. But talk about sabbatical. Talk talk about what that means to you. Sure. And and then I'm gonna actually I know people in the audience say, I want to know how they're doing this practically. We'll talk about that. But sure. let's talk about the wise come first before the house. So. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you know, so as far as sabbatical, you hit the nail on the head. It's really that that time of rest and it's given ourselves um, space to expand, space to get rest. And even though traveling, people, you know, glamorize travel and trips like this because it's so far-fetched and it's this, they see the, the social media posts and they see the pictures that are picked out of thousands of pictures and, you know, you know, lots of hard work to get there. They see the glamorization of it. So it, it provides a space of rest, but also of expansion. And so like learning more about yourself, learning more about the cultures. But for us, and for me specifically, and I know, you know, Chris and I are very similar in this, is that it is, a, it's exactly that, the time of rest. And it's not that we're sitting back doing nothing, but we're still seeking 
you know, to create and going out and doing it, right? And taking in, you know, you know, the seek, go create, right? Is the whole that whole mindset of there's more to life than what we're experiencing right now and taking the blinders off and expanding your vision from this tunnel vision of here now survival mode, taking that time apart, being diligent and setting those dream, dream, dreaming about it first and foremost, right? And then bringing those dreams to life. And, you know, that's, you know, one of my mindsets as well is in order to, to accomplish anything, it has to start with a thought and a dream. And then you have to make plans to make that happen. And sabbatical is really part of that and creating a space away from what we've been doing day in, day out to expand. And that does bring rest and rejuvenation to the soul, spirit, mind, which gives, is going to give me, and I know it's giving Kristen as well, is that, that, that ability to really create more. Sure. Kristen, one of the things, the word burnout is used quite a bit in your profession. It's, it's in all professions, but let's just say that the teaching profession is, in my opinion, one of the most challenging probably not paid the value for what they do and nurturing our children and things like that. What would it look like if teachers took, let's, let's not even say a year, but a semester wow. or something, and they were pretty much told, go do something cool? What would that look like? Wow. I think it would be incredible, and I think you would see such a change in their teaching when they do come back and their overall satisfaction with life and their jobs. Cause you're so right. So many teachers are burned out and they still love what they do and they still are doing a good job at it, but you can just tell they're exhausted. They, I sometimes say it's like the difference between surviving and thriving. You're, you're surviving another day. I survived the beginning of the year. I survived the holidays with the students. And when you have the time to step away and just fill your own soul, then you start thriving. And that carries over to everyone who you come in contact with. And as a teacher, you're coming in contact with a bunch of people who look up to you and respect you. And so for you to have that overflowing out of you has this ripple effect that I think is incredible. Yeah. There's a term Glory and I use is called, we, as we travel, we look for places that nourish our soul. Yes. Wow. And and that term is something when we we drive into an area now we're traveling the RV it's like wow the greenery and all that we were in a desert area and we realized we didn't really enjoy that as much that doesn't mean there aren't awesome things there right but is that a term that resonates with you guys I mean are you kind of in a sure. nourishing yourself nourishment is a huge thing I mean you know just looking at nature in general and I think we're all part of nature I mean you're you're, you're never standing still. You're either growing or you're dying. In order to grow, you have to have nourishment. Sure, absolutely. All right. And as a teacher, I mean, like, I can't drink water a lot during the day, for example, because then you have to go to the bathroom and you can't leave your class. I mean, like, we're. (laughs) I know it's a funny example, but I'm like, I'm drinking water and I'm eating good food and I'm, you know, resting and I'm rejuvenating and it's just pretty incredible. Yeah, meeting cool people and all of that. Bringing our experiences to others and taking their experiences and bringing them back. And just to add real quick to that, some of that that's important to me as well, we're talking about burnout. And um, just going back into for actually reflecting on what we're putting into our bodies and not only our bodies but our minds, right? And then we're wondering about burnout. So what happens with the effects of burnout? You can go down this, you know, destructive path of burnout because not only am I, you know, beat myself up because I'm not achieving or succeeding or if I'm not producing what I want to be producing, um, you have to realize what am I putting in my body if I'm not getting the nourishment, right? And if I'm not filling myself up, right, I can only give what I have. 
And if, so if I don't have the energy, if I don't have the focus I need, if I don't have the inspiration because I'm always giving and learning and teaching, but I'm not absorbing anything new or exciting and giving my time that space, we, only, we can only give what we have. And so if I don't put any money in the bank, eventually it's going to run out, right? So I can't just keep going to ATM and going, well, you know, there's nothing going, I haven't put anything in, so I can't get out. So that's where I think nourishment is, is how am I filling myself up or how are we filling ourselves up or how are you filling yourself up in order to be able to contribute to give more and you can't give what you don't have. Sure, absolutely. That's good. All right, I, I, I think we need to ask some of the questions that are probably on people's mind. How do you pay for this? Logistically, how does it happen? Planner, are you spontaneous? <laughs> yes. He said he's the planner, you're the spontaneous. I was going to ask. Is that correct? We both have a little bit of both in us. I would say Sean is the detail person, whereas I'm like, let's go to Antarctica. And it's like, well, how, when, how? why? I ask those questions you're asking <laughs> us. Like, the it doesn't logistics. matter. I got my penguin suit. I'm ready. <laughs> And then I'm asking, why are we going? Well, I want to slide in my belly with the penguins. And that's a very compelling why to her. But in my mind, logistically, it's like, it might not pan out. or might not pencil out at the beginning. So I have to seek to understand. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, so, all right. So I'm going to ask the planner then, first of all, how, how does a trip like this happen? Give us a little bit of the planning, a little bit of the finances, whatever you're willing to share, because I know people are intrigued. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, for anything to happen... You have to have the, the vision and you have to have the dream to want to go do it. And you know, as far as with Kristen, again, going back, let's go to Antarctica. I mean, that was a cornerstone of this trip. I mean, as far as that's the you know, crowning jewel, the first part of this trip. And then stepping from there, I mean, it, it doesn't happen overnight. Kind of like when you plant a seed. You don't expect it to grow the next day and provide your crop, right? So therefore, you got to plant these seeds. And so that happens over the last few years. After our first trip, what, what did we like? What did we not be able to do? What do we want to do again? So let's plant these seeds and, and, and do it again, right? So planning out ideally where we want to go, right? And then as far as financially, right, making that happen, it just comes down to diligence and saving, right? And looking at that, is, and we're not in the, the category of, well, let's charge up a lot of debt. Because a lot of the you know people in my circle you know who are much wiser and more experienced than me, right? And uh, they're like, well, Sean, asking me tough questions. Why are you guys extending out debt to do this? And I was like, absolutely not. We've just been planning over a number of years to make this happen, and then we have flexibility in there, but we're on a very um, calculated budget, right? of expenditures and then we know what our thresholds are sure we would love to go out to eat every night but yet there's nights where we're fixing pot a pot of rice and beans with a, a clove of excuse me with a clove of garlic for three days and tossing an egg on it right so looking at that but it's, it's about being diligent in your savings leading up to the expedition and setting guardrails around that knowing what you're going to be spending and doing along the way so how many years how many years did you have to put aside money for, when did when did when was the yeah. incubation right when you came back from around trip, the tri- yeah really one? yeah round one was like knowing that we love to travel and do this so let's go ahead and start you know being more conservative in our spending here in our normal days, in our normal lives, right? Day in, day out life. And then, you know, Kristen executes a lot of the ideas, right? As well, so if it's like, I'm also that creative guy who goes, hey, let's think about this or let's do this. And then she'll actually do something about it right in the moment to make it happen. So that's where I think that, you know, both of our skill sets and our strengths and weaknesses play together to make something like this happen. So, so all right, implementing, is there an account that you guys pop money in 10%, 20%. I don't, you don't have to give me details, but, and y'all say we get a dollar, we're putting money in our travel account. 
Absolutely. So I think like most people, we have a savings account and we have a retirement plan that we're contributing money to. And we have our expenditures, you know, on a monthly basis. And then we also put aside money for around the world. And that's what the account is called. And it's not necessarily a percentage because it ebbs and flows with whatever life is throwing at you in the moment. But something like we don't really invest in our house, for example. People might save money to finish their basement or they want to do different things to their windows or they want to do a deck. And I hear that from a lot of people and that's never on our radar because all of that money is going to travel for us. And so we're buying the new cars. Like we don't get new cars. We don't get the newest gadgets. And so I think people are going to put their money towards what's important to them, which is awesome. And so if, you know, building up the place where you live, your dwelling is what's important, that's where your money's going and that's incredible. And if it's having the latest technology because you see how that enhances your lifestyle, that's incredible. For us, it's travel and experiences. And so that's what any of our extra money we have goes towards. And I um, am a Pilates instructor also, so I teach Pilates because I love it, but also because I can take that money and just put it straight into a savings account for adventure. Nice. There's a term that's floating around that we somewhat adopted, minimalism. And then there's a better word that we liked, which is essentialism. And it's basically not allowing the consumer culture to overtake you. I'll, that's my definition. There's more to it. Does that sound like something you guys have adopted, or is there anything that else that... It's really interesting because I would never say we are minimalist because... Because you like a lot of stuff. <laughs> For example, you went to Target. Went to Target. <laughs> As a kindergarten teacher, I dress thematically, so every day I'm wearing something different that shows what we're learning about. And you can't be a minimalist and have a d different outfit for every day, you know, from a penguin suit to a kangaroo to the Statue of Liberty, you know, that, that takes up a lot of space. So and maybe that's the essential. It's that, essential. For me, it's essential. And then also through our travels, we love to pick up one thing from each country that represents our time there. And so our home is not, you know, all clean lines and blank spaces. It's filled with a lot of memories and you can look around and, come to our house and say like what is that and we have a whole story we can tell you about where we were and what that means to us so maybe essentialism is a good word yeah um, it's essential for the type of life for the purpose for, life yeah that you guys have. so you do have a house we have a house okay so you're not like we are which we're technically homeless we call it nomads it sounds better it does it but does we're in an rv so you have a home that's sitting sort of empty for a year we have a fantastic neighborhood there, you know, townhouse. There's nothing huge, right? It's nothing, you know, overbearing that's, you know, takes a lot of upkeep. But yeah, we've had the same property for 16 years now. And, um, and it's in a fantastic community. And we have friends and neighbors and family members taking care of it while we're away. Very nice. And so many people are like, oh, are you going to make an income stream from this? I was like, well, we like our house too much and we have too many personal things in here because it's not a minimalistic, just a place that's uh, four walls and a roof, right? It's actually our home. So we weren't willing to start airbnb it or VRBOing it to create this income stream. We are just planning on our savings and what we have lined up for this trip and without having to rely on another income stream from something like a property rental. Sure. When you're about to go on a trip like this or you're preparing for it, 
What are some of the fears, concerns? I don't even know if those are good words because I, I kind of get the sense that the word fear is something that maybe you guys have pushed aside. But I guess I'm, I guess I'm trying to ask the question for a listener that might be going, oh, no, I can't see that. I can't leave this. My mom, my parent, or whatever. What are some of the fears or concerns that either you guys had or you know that people might have? Yeah, I think you're reframing that instead of being uncertain. You know, because everybody has a certain level of uncertainty that they can deal with. And then if it's overwhelmingly uncertain, then it becomes a fear and it's dwelled upon a lot. Um, I just think as far as, you know, for us, the first time, you know, it was a different set than the second time, right? And so looking at this most recent time we're leaving, I think just some of the uncertainty, you know, I had as, as well as was uh, revenue streams, right? I'm, I'm leaving a very successful, well-paying, you know, job that, again, there's things I love about it and things I don't like about it, but the love was outweighing the dislikes. And, but separating from that was a concern of mine. Whereas the first time it wasn't as much of a concern because I, had di- I was in a different position professionally, right? You didn't have much invested. It wasn't any sunk cost that some people might consider. Yeah, and I had more, I had more attached to it in thinking about, well, you know, I was in my early 20s then, and you know, my late 20s, early 30s, and now I'm in my later 30s. Just that life cycle concern of where I'm in my life cycle for retirement planning. So some more of that financial aspect was coming to play. But stepping outside that comfort zone again is like you're saying that I love, you know, to, to embrace and share with others. Um, it, it challenged my beliefs about what we're doing and why we're doing it. So I think mm-hmm. first and foremost is when you're facing fears or this uncertainty about the how's it going to happen, go back to your why. What's that driving purpose? What's that purpose behind wanting to go on a trip like this? And if it's so far unfathomable and fearful, scale it back. Like Kristen said, do something more locally. Do something you know, you know, more regionally or maybe take that shorter trip versus this longer one, right? And so I think that may be some of the fears. But as far as like the financial aspect, I mean, live within your means where you are now, right? And then whenever you find you're on the road, pick a place that's you know, more affordable overall, like South America, right? Some of these places where your dog does go further, right? Um, so I think that's one of the ones that I had this time that I think a lot of other people in the Russians may have as well. Yeah. And I would say we even live below our means in order to... Absolutely. Sure. To do this. Always good advice. And I think this goes yeah. back to essentialism. <laughs> we, we've done we've done both in our thirty plus years, nice. and I can tell you there's much more peace when you live below your means. Absolutely. Just, let me just go ahead and say that right up front. All right, now in the world that we're in, when we travel like this and it's on social media, we have our websites, and again, we're going to put some links so people can go to them. We typically put the good stuff on. For the public to see, I I like to as best we can give people a more rounded picture. So, what are some of the unforeseen challenges, the chaotic situations, the oh no's if they happen? Y'all seem like pretty cool, easygoing people. Sean's giving me a look, but um, <laughs> g- give it's only about me too. <laughs> yes, I know that. So give it, give us a little bit of behind the scenes that you may not post on social media. I'm going to let Sean answer this, <laughs> of but I'm going to preface it. I really think whether it's a strength or a weakness of mine is that something can happen that in the moment is hard and not good, and. I internalize it and create a story in my head about it that makes it great or how I wanted it to be. And like I think of camping on Antarctica, I kind of did a video 
videos of the whole process and I didn't look so happy and it didn't look so fun but when people ask about it I'm like oh my gosh you have to camp on Antarctica like it's amazing you dig a hole in the ice you get these sleeping bags the ice is falling and so I think sometimes it's hard for me to answer questions like that because now that the moments have passed I've changed the narrative in my head whereas Sean I think has a very realistic viewpoint and stories about things that are challenging which is great because it helps prevent challenges in the future because we learn from our mistakes and I think that goes back into the preparation we talked about that uncertainty and the fears right and I think that goes down to control is how much are we trying to control the situation which can either in Kristen's cases I can't control a lot of what's happening right now I can control how I'm reacting to it and that's a firm belief I have and she's just better at exercising that muscle than I am because I think there's also this overwhelming sense of responsibility to provide to protect, protect and to offset any future risk like for risk managers going back into to leadership and running organizations or our lives or our families or our finances or even our health, whatever aspect we're looking at is, is really this risk management aspect of, how, okay, I'm in this situation, how do I minimize this risk or from, from happening again? And so I think of you know, the controls in these situations of we're at the airport for 45 minutes in South America, in Colombia, trying to leave the country to go to Peru, and we're there at the counter for 45 minutes. This is an unexpected experience, right? And I'm sitting up here having a trouble communicating because we don't speak Spanish, right, in South America. And we have two more months ahead of us of travel. And all of a sudden, it seems like there's more and more people gathering around our um, terminal, right, right at the check-in counter. And everybody else is checking in. And then we're getting different excuses of reasoning from the airline saying why we're here. Slow computers. And I'm like, well, let's move to a different computer then. Overall, it ended up working out fine, but it was through the process of all of our flights for the next two months getting canceled and having the uncertainty of being stuck in a foreign country where you don't speak the language, right? And in the moment, it's like this is real. It's very real. And how do I solve this situation, which is beyond my control, right? And so scaling that back is those things come up and it's Going back to how whenever I'm doing leadership training, you know, it's easier to teach other people than yourselves in certain moments, right? Right? And we all, as, as leaders and teachers and, and, you know, people who've stepped on this earth and, you know, had any breath in them, right, know that that's true. Is that, okay, it's easier to show you what you're doing wrong than to tell yourself what you should be doing in these moments, right? But going back to anticipation, if we can at least anticipate that everything's going to be perfect and then starting to frame up some responses to how will I handle this or when something doesn't go right just to have some sort of trigger to bring you back to where Kristen's talking about is like in this moment now this may not be ideal right but working through the best you can and at the end of the day we still made it we still made the trip it was a phenomenal experience but there are bumps in the roads like that that of course we weren't publicizing right or like driving (laughs) or driving around Chile right not knowing where to go right because they have unnamed roads with gravel roads everywhere you go off the main road and you're not in a vehicle prepared for it, right? So there's a lot of experiences there that bring me back to being uncomfortable and stretching your comfort zones. But that's also the variety we crave in life. It's just a matter of where's your threshold and then setting up some guardrails of anticipation, understanding and going back to some fundamentals, you know, as far as breathing exercises, right? Sure. Reframing <laughs> your focus, right? And why you're really here and going back to these strong whys. So hopefully that helps answer something. Yeah, it does. To me, and you're wearing a shirt that said, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. For myself, 
and for clients that I coach and work with. And I, that's a great statement you made that as a coach trainer, it's really easy to see things in other people. I think self-awareness is powerful. For me, I've noticed comfort zone is like a muscle. And so what we do is we keep working it. So because you brought it up with the flights possibly being canceled and things like that, my guess is that had the possibility or it was all over an anxious moment for one, if not both of you, yeah, absolutely. And that y'all's mind, y'all are being stretched yeah. beyond. For sure. And I would absolutely. say it stretches us as a couple because I think you've probably gathered like Sean thrives in certain situations and I thrive in the uncertainty. And so I have to be aware in a situation like this, I'm think, thinking, whoa, we're going to be in Columbia forever. What a cool story. <laughs> and Sean is like, I've got to protect myself and I've got to protect Kristen and I need to get us out of here. And so I have to be sensitive to that's where he is and what he needs from me. And then he is sensitive to what I need, which is like building this grand story in my head of this adventure we're about to have. And um, so just kind of being there for each other in the way that we need each other to be there for us. Sure. So I'm going to ask you, Kristen, to keep going on this. How rigid is y'all schedule or how much slack is built in for change? It's a really good question because there are so many different ways to do a trip like this. How we are doing it is we know when we arrive in each country and when we leave each country. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty hard, fast. Um, once we arrive in a country, we have no plans. Antarctica, we were going with a group, so they planned everything. In Africa, we're doing some safaris, so that will be planned. But for the most part, like we arrive in New Zealand and we leave two weeks later and we have nothing in the in-between. And so... We do have a rental car now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we have a rental car. The planner. Thank yes, you, planner. Yes, got it, Morris. <laughs> Yay. And... Um, because let me just give you a tip. New Zealand looks small on the map. Right. But there's a lot of space. And allow, if it says an hour, two hours. That is so good to know. Um, so how we do it is by design because... We like the certainty of knowing when we're arriving and leaving and not having to plan that as we go. But in a place, we can only know a finite amount of things to do. We can Google it, we can talk to people, but when you're there and you meet someone who lives in this town who's like, have you done this? And you're like, well, I've never heard of that. If our schedule was rigid, we might miss out on that. Or you have people telling you, oh, yeah, you read you need to do these two things. But really, if you just do this one, you don't also need to do that one. And so we just learn from the people who live there or from other travelers in the area and kind of plan our schedule as we go. Do you guys do the tourist stuff or do you all do the off the beaten path stuff or a little both? We get a mix of both, but we like the off the beaten path. I mean, because the big city is a big city we, to us. We, we have found, doesn't nourish our souls, big cities, and I hate to be wholesale, we don't really enjoy cities as much as we used to, and we're not good tourists. Mm -hmm. I, right. I would say the same for us. Since we are doing educational videos for kids, we do try to spend at least a day in a city or in a place that has the, the monuments or the buildings or the animals or the things that you want to teach kids about because it's gonna come across in literature and in other things in their life. So we do try to do that kind of as a work day. And then personally, off the beaten path is what we love. Yeah. Even those unnamed dirt Chilean roads that we grew <laughs> to love. So a couple other things. We're getting close to our, our time here. Um, we kind of covered it there. Biggest challenge, I guess. So I don't want to go back down that road, but maybe... 
as you've traveled either from round the trip one or this trip, what's the biggest surprise as you've traveled? Being being from America, you traveled and both of you traveled, but biggest surprise? So my most recent biggest surprise, I'm sure we have a lot of them that we could talk about, but in the United States, I try to be very careful about what I eat. I am very conscious about health and wellness and the ingredients in my food. And when we travel, the reality is that we cannot be as particular because of finances. Maybe we're eating two meals a day. Maybe we're, you know, it's it's the cheaper brand. It's the whatever we can find. And were I to do that in my daily life here, I would definitely feel sick and not be thriving. For the past few months in South America, we have lived on bread, cheese, and butter, and I've never felt better. So take that for what it is. Um, I see everybody looking like, hmm. Um, But to me, that's a huge surprise because were I to live on that here, you know, it wouldn't be good. So that's fascinating to me, which is probably a whole different podcast. A whole different So is that ingredients? Is it your mindset? Is it stress levels? Is it I think it's a combination. The stress is lower. The time that I'm taking to eat is increasing. So we're sitting and having a meal and like laughing and talking and we're not eating in a car or on, on the run. I mean, picnics come up a lot, mostly because I love picnics, but because we have the time to do it. Um, I, I also, like you said, it's probably another podcast for another day, the quality of food and where the food comes from. Like every cow we saw through South America looked really happy. And like happy had cows. one or two friends, you know, and they're just all eating grass. And then you're like, that's where my butter's coming from. That's where my cheese is coming from. And here I can't eat that. And there I was fine. The wheat's growing and like swaying in the wind, and that's where my bread's coming from. So yeah, that's yeah. Let's that's a rabbit hole. I would that's love to right. go down. But exactly, let's, but let's I, I would say it's a combination of things that cool. wellness-wise, I am thriving with a diet I would not expect. I I I love the thought of that. That's exciting. Thank you for sharing that, Sean. How about you? Biggest surprise. So the thing is, is, is twofold. I'll make it as brief as possible. Is, is in, we had never been to South America before. And so really the language barrier was much greater than I had anticipated. And once we got over, I got over that shock of it because my anticipation was that I'll be able to communicate pretty well with English being prompt, you know, first, you know, world language and language of business and international language, which, you know, in all the other parts of the world we've been to, which we hadn't been to South America before, it was the case. You can get it around pretty well without really knowing any of the language going into. So that was a huge surprise for me. And then again, stretch me. We grew, we learned a lot of language, we finally embraced, I'm not gonna know it all, so we will have to improvise in other ways, which seems easy to do when we're talking to you about it, but when we're in the middle of it, again, having the protector and the responsibilities of navigating this new world of South America, um, it was a, a huge surprise and challenge. And the other thing is, is that how much technology has changed over the last 10 years, that actually made it also easier to communicate and easier to find places to stay, to eat. But if you're also like me who's detail-oriented, it also makes things more difficult because now you have more options and then if you're not decisive and say, hey, let's just choose this, with Kristen's mindset, it'll be fine, it'll work out well. 
right? So it, it, those are both, you know, the challenges and the surprises on both a positive and a negative side, or not, just an unexpected, unexpected way. Yeah. I used to always think when I traveled, I, I, in, during the 90s, I went to the Philippines, South Africa, Romania. And during that time, I was staying around cities too, which is very important. Sure. Mm-hmm. I was really under the belief that you could, with a $20 bill and some basic English, I used to joke American, why don't these people speak American, which is kind of joking about how sometimes we could be ignorant about language. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and and in many ways that was the case, but I think the farther you get outside of Metro, you really need to be able to speak the language so, so, or communicate. Yeah, so a tip to others as far as, especially in the Spanish speaking um, countries. Um, pick up just a few small things. You don't have to take a whole class, but that is one thing I'd say I would do differently would be I would at least invest a little bit more in those language skills, even at a very you know basic level. Yeah, conversational. Though it is tricky because each country had a different Spanish. So. It wasn't the same. Well, in, in, in the States, <laughs> that, I'm from the South. And I could go into we some real. English. <laughs> we have different English, and if I go to Brooklyn or if I go to South Georgia or Louisiana, mm-hmm. we may not be able to communicate. We might need interpretation. Subtitles. <laughs> I see those shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, we're gosh, I've got so many things I'd love to go into, but I wrote down something as we were talking, and the thing that really jumped out at me. We were talking about limited limiting beliefs and thinking outside the box. And there was a foundational principle when we started this podcast is that I really wanted this podcast to stretch people. And everything that we're doing, I bring people in, we talk. And so I would like for both of you, maybe Kristen to students, kindergartners and all, which is exciting, and then Sean maybe to people, business or whatever you want to, I would like for both of you to speak to the people that are uncomfortable with this concept of travel or getting out or doing something different or thinking outside the box, just encourage them, uplift them, let them know it'll be okay if they just do something different. And, and I don't know they have to travel around the world, sure. but just do something. So anyway. Oh boy. That's a great question. Um, I think... One thing that Sean said is that a lot of times people glamorize travel and so they see it as like everyone thinks they want to do it, but it is not for everyone. So I think anyone out there who is listening or is contemplating travel, like what is your why? What are your intentions? And if it is truly something you want to do, what's the worst that can happen? You know, like you plan a big trip, maybe you make it to one country and have to go home. Maybe you make it to all the countries and just figure out, is it what you want to do? And then I guess to get over the fear of being different than what society tells us we should be and thinking outside the box is just really considering like, what's the worst that can happen if I do this? And on the flip side of that, what's the greatest thing that can happen if I can do this? Like, what will it do for me? And, but maybe travel's not your thing. I mean, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's finding a new job or building a new house or, you know, making a new friend, whatever it is that stretches you, figure out your why and figure out what's, what's, what do you have to lose? 
Very good. Yeah, Very good. I think, you know, as far as I piggyback on that, as far as like figuring out things to me is always a challenging thing because I'm very black and white in a lot of things, I have that engineering type mind, you know, but I also have a very adventurous spirit, which those things can collide. And I think a lot of people do whenever they're thinking about their beliefs and why they're doing something, whether it's the environment that's influenced them or whether it's something that they've seen and learned or experienced themselves or, you know, when we're growing up, environment definitely shapes us, but really challenging the vocabulary that's coming out of their mouth, right? And so when we're saying like, I can't do something, have some reframes and just what does can't mean? Why am I saying I can't do something like this? Is it because I tried a thousand times before and haven't succeeded? Or is it because I tried four times and I've stopped? I mean, we're, you know, looking at, you know, vocabulary is a huge thing to look at whenever we're thinking about belief systems. And I'm saying, well, if I can't do this, a lot of people reframe that and go, well, I must then. If I can't do it, I must. You know, well, why must I do it? Well, why do I think I can't do it? And go like, well, why is this even interesting to me? Am I really interested? Or am I just interested because, you know, you've said so, or, you know, Tim, you've said so, or that, you know, a society has said, I have to be this, we have to fit in this mold. So take that cookie cutters and throw them away and start to go into your self-exploration. And it is scary, especially when you haven't done something before. It can be. I'm not going to say anything is or isn't, but it can be. For me, personally, a lot of things I don't know are scary. But then I have to say, well, what's so scary about it, right? Is it because I don't know anything about it? And then start to learn something about whatever it is you're interested in, right? And, and you, know, what, you know, going back to the old Edison, you know, you know, analogy of, you know, it took him a thousand times to make a light bulb. And everybody along the way, oh, well, you failed doing this. He goes, I didn't fail. I thought I'd learned something in the process. And so along the way, what can I learn about this? But really challenging the vocabulary, the words we're using, and then shaping our beliefs. And then try, you know, substituting some of these words like can't, and, or kick them out of your vocabulary altogether, and, and really start to dig in, you know, deep. And it, and it can be scary, but the more you do something, going back to muscle memory, the more you lift something, the easier it becomes. And so whether it's, you know, the environment you're in now, is it supporting you or is it holding you back? Right, so looking at some of these things, limiting beliefs, listen to your vocabulary, just listen to your self-talk and start challenging yourself. And it does open up possibilities. I would love to add to something you said about vocabulary. It is so important. And people say to us all the time, oh, you are so lucky. You get to take a year off and travel. And I think that vocabulary right there makes them believe that it's luck that got us here and they don't have the luck so they can't do something like this. Whereas for us, it was hard work and it was sacrifice and it was being super intentional about every dollar that came in and every detail that we planned. It took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of um, us figuring out like how we can impact the world and how the world can impact us as we do that this. And luck had nothing to do with it. That's good. All right, I can't stop. <clears throat> I have another question. It appears as if our culture, society, that people are becoming more and more dogmatic. And I'll use a term, my word, narrow-minded. In general, what does travel do for that? I have a belief that it's hard to be, I'll, I'll use a term that's harsh, you can't travel and be a bigot. It is so <laughs> that's harsh. true. You know, my eight-year-old niece, when we were home for Christmas, said something that really stuck with me. We were talking about something and she was like, it's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. It's just different. 
And I think that's what travel does to your mindset. You see the things that you see as black and white from the news or good and bad from your own belief system or right or wrong based on your own morals. When you travel and you meet people in different environments and different situations doing life in another way, you see it's not good or bad or right or wrong. It's just different. And that changes you and your mindset about those things. Yeah, and just opens up a greater understanding of others. And so if you really, deep down inside, I believe we all have certain needs and there's not that many of them to be met, um, but we all have those as human beings. And so the thing that polarizes us, are, you know, we're talking about the, the society and the culture right now is, is getting very narrow-minded and very, at least in the United States, and that's, you know, again, our culture is, is very self-centered and more, more so than community-centric. And so one thing that was immediately immediately different was the community that we found when we started traveling outside the United States. And it's, it doesn't matter if it's a two-night trip or it's a two-year trip. The sense of community and unity, if you're open to understanding and exploring and truly trying to understand people and start to appreciate them as a person and thing, and this is your own community, your own neighborhood, this is your cubicles at work, this is whoever you're running into day in, day out, if you are having a different perspective or at least an openness to at least have a greater sense of understanding, which leads to appreciation, that's what travel does on the immediate scale because it's an immersion into a different environment. So you're changing your focus, you're changing your environment, which is changing your perceptions. And so that gives a greater understanding and appreciation for Others, which then in turn fills me up, and I think will fill everybody else up as well, they'd actually take a step back and look at their days to, to see why did I feel different now, what changed here. I think it was just a shift in their focus and an opening up of the mind for understanding and appreciation. And that's what travel does for me, and I think it can do for most other people as well, as far as changing that environment, immersion, and an opening of understanding for appreciation. Yeah, that's good. And again, people could travel, if they live in Louisiana, they could travel to Colorado and it would expand. Right, or even down their street. Go down like their how street, many people know down. all their neighbors? And yeah, get outside of that one little path that yeah. they go back and go forth. Go back so. to that comfort zone, right? And you're driving out your neighborhood and you go, well, who's that? Well, who's that moving truck? Or man, I've seen them, I've thought about them for a while, but then we so are so dismissive of these thoughts that come in, and these are just opportunities. Yeah. We're so quick to dismiss thoughts, you know, Sure. That, that, that kind of nudging, that conscious spirit, or that tapping on your shoulder, whatever that is, uh, is just explore those. Sure. And then it can lead to a whole new world. This, this has been so good. Thank you both so much. And I, I want to ask how people can connect with you. I wish they could have had coffee here with us right. in the coffee right. shop with some of the noises and chairs in the background. It's been, <laughs> it's been awesome. But... Uh, how can people get in touch with you guys or stay in touch or follow you or whatever? Sure. So we have a website. It's called gogonanas.com. Um, it's based on a song that I really like about going bananas, which is going crazy. Spell that for us. G-O-G-O-N-A-N-A-S. Okay. Go, go, nanas. We'll include a link. We'll put a link awesome. in the show notes. Yeah. So what we're doing there is just kind of putting some thoughts some countries that really speak to us, we're kind of putting out everything we did. Here's where we stayed, here's what we did, in case other people might want to go to some of those places as well. We're doing recap videos of each country as well as the educational videos directed towards kids, but grown-ups love them too and are learning from them as well. Um, 
also all of those videos on, are on YouTube, on Go Go Nanas, on a YouTube channel. Um, and then we're leveraging social media as well just to connect with people, to connect with businesses. If there's a company that we love, I mean, if we love a restaurant and somewhere else, we go there every night. So, you know, we make sure to so share some well. love. Yes. Um, so my Instagram is Sean Scott 107. Um, and that's, you know, S-H-A-W. And there'll be connection there, Sean Scott 107. And I'm Miss Baker's Adventures. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Usually I like to ask this question, what's next? And I've gone to your site and I see this itinerary. So I don't know if y'all want to rattle off that, but just either mentally or physically or geographically, what, what's we next have for you? We four more continents. Okay. Yeah, so we're wrapping up all seven continents within a calendar, within these 10 months. And the next area we're heading out to is Fiji. I've been there a number of times and uh, absolutely love it. So Fiji's next physically. And as far as like for, you know, as far as the next, uh, my journey as well is continuing to build the platform for inspiring others, connecting more with others, becoming more. I know you have a very strong coaching background and leadership um, background as well. And it's taking my experiences in the professional world and tying them into more of the personal world um, to help others um, become happier, healthier, and more fulfilled in what they do. And so that's my whole coaching platform that I'm building for executive leadership, sales training. I'm passionate about helping people thrive and where, where they are and help them um, bridge gaps between what they are doing. And so moving forward in the next seven months is continue to strengthen my platform for doing that on both the lifestyle, the personal level, as well as um, leadership executive level within large, small, budding, established corporations. So that's going to be my next journey. And so that'll be more of that coming through my social platforms as well. Excellent. And also LinkedIn as well. Cool. What about Miss Baker? So we will continue our trip, continue doing these educational videos. Um, the most immediate next step is Fiji, where Sean has some scuba diving adventures ahead, and I have an adventure of reading on the beach. My goal is to read a book a day while we're in Fiji and just kind of have some downtime before we continue on this adventure. And then the goal is to bring all of this awareness and education and everything back to my classroom next year. Well, is it possible that I could sign up to be in your kindergarten class? Absolutely. Are you sure? You can <laughs> sign up as a student or as a helper. I love volunteers. Wow. that I would love to be in your class, but I've... I think I did okay in kindergarten, but I can't recall. So, <laughs> Listen, the title of this podcast is Seek, Go, Create. Those words mean quite a bit to some of us, but pick each of you, pick one of those words and why is it important to you? What does it jump out to you? What does it speak to you? So create, I think, would be my word of the three. I think people sometimes ask, are you social media influencers? And I like to think of ourselves as inspirers and because to me, inspirers, inspiring others has this creative component to it it, ins it allows people to tap into their own creativity and so that's what I hope that we're able to do through this journey is to tap into our own creativity and create that way and to inspire others to also be creative that's good and create for me as well because that was the beginning beginning of this trip was the foundation of create more than I consume came across that from another uh, phenomenal leader in the past and I love that phrase and just creating more than you consume I'm, I'm moving from the creation to the going because now it's time to put into action 
because we can sit there and create things all day long and conceptualize and visualize and dream it. And now it's time to put it into action. So that's where for me it's going from that creation um, to the implementation and the go is a moving forward time while still you know, harnessing the creative power of uh, creating more than consuming, but actually implementing it. That is so good. Sean and Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. I'm excited we were able to sit face-to-face and see each other. And I just want to say to the audience, what a great episode this has been. And I just encourage you, like I did at the beginning, to rate this, share it, uh, get it out on your social media. I just thank you for enjoying this time at the coffee shop with me, Sean and Kristen. And I look forward to seeing all of you on the Seat Go Create podcast with our next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Seat Go Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new, we are constantly discussing bold new topics and ideas here on the network, so be sure to subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We look forward to sharing more with you next time, but until then, enjoy the journey.